Levels is good, levels is good. Levels is good. Let's try that again. Oh yeah, there we go. Earth to my tea, come in my tea. It's time to start the show. Another edition of the My T Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Dollar Tomah Taylor. Yo, it is another in Fuego Day in the hottest city in the world. What's my what is today already? It is November 10th. They're talking about we have highs of 84. Sorry, highs of 85, lows of 77. The current temperature is 84 degrees. Real feel? 94. Well, I don't need to say 94 people. Like they getting us vexed already first thing in the morning. Alright? We got partly cloudy, still again. We still got rain. We still got some areas that, that are flooded because the drainage system hasn't worked yet. And we haven't had enough sunshine, not only sunshine, to go ahead and evaporate all of that goddamn water away. So we go over here still a little bit flooded. That's like how we got the show flooded today with, with, with news. Listen, we got a big fight weekend coming our way. We got the Jets flying high and crashing hard. The NBA finally comes to an agreement. The Mets' new owner is going to have an interview coming up. We got Mellow Rumors. We got BK talking about they looking for a third. And a whole lot more than Mighty Sports Podcast today. But you know what I say? Go ahead and bring that in real quick. You, regardless of the time. Take that, take that, take that. Ooh, yeah, it's noonish. And regardless of the weather. You play to win the game. Hello? It's always a good time to talk some sports. So... As we stir this pot, woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic, mighty sports. Yo, today is one of them days. Yo, it's a good day today. It's a good Tuesday. Like I told you already, our new campaign slogan is that we making Mondays great again. And Monday was so great, we barely talk sports. That was how good Monday was the other day. We barely got into a talk sports the other day. We, 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 we helped out a friend. She needed a little bit of therapy. So we helped out with that therapy session. But oh no. So that means if we didn't talk enough sports yesterday, that means you know what we do today? We got Monday content for today. How lucky are we? So the first thing that we got on the docket for today, let's go ahead and bring that up. First of all, first of all, first things first. Well, we got the Jets flying high and crashing hard. Did you catch that Monday night football game last night? You had the New York Jets, the the winless New York Jets at that, taking on the New England Patriots. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to lie, even though I'm no longer a Jets fan, I can tell you this, this game didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like it had the same energy when you're talking about the starting quarterbacks for this for these two teams are Joe Flacco for the New York Jets and Cam Newton for the New England Patriots. Like seriously. I mean like seriously, seriously. Right, as I got my Captain Lou Daniel look going on here. Right? 
the game doesn't have that same that, that same fervor. Yeah, it ain't had that same nasty. It didn't have that same that same conviction that you feel like this game normally has. But what it did have, this game was full of that action, boss. And the reason, the only reason it was full of action is because both of these teams suck ass. I mean, they suck ass like 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 the new wave that is going on. Like like seriously. Seriously, seriously. Like, the fact that the New York Jets was in this game at any point in time just goes to show you how bad the New England Patriots was. And, and, and I'm not the only one that, really, that, that that thought this, that, you know what? Like, I get it, Cam. Cam. Whoa. God damn, Cam. Like, am I the only one that noticed this? But, what up? But Cam Newton was just way, way, way too happy for a victory over the new over a winless team. Now we know that they've been going through their own slump, and the New England Patriots was coming in, came into this game on a four-game losing streak. Probably the first time we've ever heard of a Bill Belichick team having a four-game having a four-game losing streak, but they did. The New England Patriots came into this game. What was their record? Let's, let's take a quick peek at the cheat sheet. Wait, do I got two of these up? I definitely do have two of these up. All right, so a quick look at the cheat sheet. The New York Jets came, uh, the New York, uh, uh, Miami, uh, uh, the New England Patriots came into that game two and seven, two and five, I mean. So this, this, this just marked their third win of the season. So if you are Cam Newton, I get that you're a little bit happy that you won a game, and this is the first time that you won a game over the last month. I may even say that you know what, Cam? Maybe that you you're, you're a little bit you're, you're kind of happy that you won a game over your rival team. But is this really a rival team for you? Like you just got here. Like you haven't even played all the games, and it wasn't even against who the Jets consider their future or franchise quarterback. It's not even against who the Jets even considers like the, the future or franchise coach. Like like the coach is a bum and the gaze is gonna go. Now yeah, we gotta get the gaze out of New York. All right, so he is going to be gone. But also on top of it, the, 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 the quarterback is going to be gone. Like, like we, all, we all hear the rumors. We, we all read the tea leaves. We all know the speculations, right? We all, we all see the S-Files. I didn't call it the tea leaves. I'm going to call it the S-Files, right? We see the S-Files out there. The New, the New York Jets are, are such a bad team right now. Whether it's with Joe, whether it's with Sam Donald or without Sam Donald, whether it's with Joe Flacco, it doesn't, it, whether it's with Adam Gase, without Adam Gase, this team right now is bad. This team right now is bad, and then you can see they haven't even won a game all season long. And the New York Jets are going to be, are going to be looking that, like they're going to be trying to get Terrence Lawrence. Like, like, they, like I said, they fly high. And they crash because they're tanking for Lawrence. Those are the New York. Those are the New York Jets, and I can't say that they're actually trying to tank. Like I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know if this is a good. If this is a good game or a bad game for the New York Jets, right? Because your starting quarterback didn't play because he has a fucked up shoulder. So now this is twice this season. He's gone out with a shoulder. Which, granted, he should have been sitting down with a shoulder injury, right? He shouldn't. He, he shouldn't have came back weeks ago, right? So that's another mistake that the general, that, that the coach, and that and that medical staff is making. But you already have your quarterback now. He's he's out now twice this season with a shoulder injury. He went out last year with mono, even though they're two unrelated things. Guess what they're already saying about Sam Donald? He's injury prone. So now he's being labeled as now. Granted, they said the same thing about Drew Brees when he came back from his shoulder, from his shoulder surgery, and we see that the Hall of Fame, we see the Hall of Fame career that Drew Brees is going to be ending at the end of this year. Like, like we fully see how what he has done and 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 how he's gone about his career when he has finally gone, gotten with an organization that's about that action. Can we say that Drew Brees would have been Drew Brees if he was still with the Miami Dolphins? I can't say that. Miami Dolphins. Um, for the majority of the last 20 years have been a poorly ran franchise. 
now is the uh, now is the reason that they were a poorly ran franchise because they couldn't find their quarterback, or could they not find a quarterback because they were a poorly ran franchise? I can't say that about the Miami Dolphins right now. The Miami Dolphins right now happen to be a decently ran franchise. They're not a bad ran franchise. And one of the first things they did to get their franchise back in order was getting rid of the gays. Yes, they kicked the gays out of Miami too. And now the gays is in New York trying to, I'm stinking up the goddamn place. And you know what's going to happen? The gays is going to get kicked out of New York as well. You got to get rid of the gays. Adam Gaze has got to go. He shouldn't be coaching the Jets. He shouldn't be coaching the Dolphins. He shouldn't be coaching any team in the National Football. Honestly, Adam Gaze needs to go to the AFL. And he doesn't even need to go to college. We, I don't, we don't want Adam Gaze influencing young adults that are trying to make that, that are trying to become professional football players. Nope, 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 nope. Let him get the people that can't quite make it into the NFL, but it's still, like, let him, let him go coach there. I don't want him coaching college. I don't want him coaching high school. I don't even want him coaching Pop Warner. The, the fact that the guy is a quarterback whisperer, we know for a fact right now, the only reason he is deemed the title quarterback whisperer is because any time he told Peyton Manning any advice, Peyton Manning told him to shut the fuck up. And then when he would talk loud enough for Peyton Manning to hear when he was talking to other players, Peyton Manning basically told him, listen, I really don't want to hear your voice. You better make sure you whisper when you're around me because I don't want, I don't want your bad advice convoluting what I have going on in my big brain of mine. Quarterback whisper for Peyton Manning, a made man for Jay Cutler that <laughs> that would rather smoke a cigarette on a balcony than throw a football. Like get the fuck out of here, quarterback whisper. Fuck you whispering to. a motherfucking interception again. Oh, it was a two-yard play. Like, come on, man. Like, Adam Gates is the most fugazi coach I've ever, I've ever seen in my goddamn life. He is the worst coach in history of the NFL. Yes, I am going that far. Adam Gates is the worst coach in the history of the NFL. And honest, and to be ironic with you, the Jets looked good last night. This is what makes things so bad, because now, here comes Joe Flacco. Once again, another made man. Joe Flacco decided after year five of the NFL, I really don't want to play football, but I need to continue to get this guaranteed money. And then after this, I can be a, I can be a career, full-blown career backup quarterback. Because as we've told you before, there is no better position to have in the NFL or in college football or in football period than being the quarterback, being the backup QB. That is residual, residual, that is some residual benefits that you could ever, that you could ever imagine. The New York Jets, they actually looked good last night. And I'm watching this game and I'm actually surprised to see the New York Jets take the top off of it, take the top off of the offense. You see Joe Flacco slinging that ball down the field. You, you actually saw them score a touchdown in the first quarter. On, in the first quarter game. You know who hasn't scored a touchdown in the first quarter of a game so far this year? Until I think they played the Jets. Let's go ahead and do a quick check of if they scored a touchdown in that first in that first quarter. Yeah, yeah, they, yes they did. Yes they did. Yes they did. So you know who hadn't scored a touchdown in the first quarter <laughs> until they played the Jets? The New England Patriots. I know they, I know you know it. What? Yes. This year, the New England Patriots has not scored one touchdown in the first quarter until they played the Jets. Now the Jets put the first points on the board, and the first points on the board will end up being a field goal. But that's not before, like I said, they actually start airing out the ball. You start seeing, you start seeing Joe Flacco get Get, get passes out to Griffin. He get pa he, he gets pa he gets a twenty six yard pass out to Mean Mims. I mean, like he, you see him catching. Pa you see him getting passes to Merriman. Like their their offense actually looked functional, which makes it seem like what they've been saying throughout the whole entire year. Oh, the plays are there to be made. It's just on us to execute. Oh, the plays are there to be made. It doesn't sound like eyewash anymore. It just doesn't sound like they're regurgitating what their coach is saying just so they can stay, sound like they're in lockstep with their coach and be unified. It didn't sound like that. It actually looked yesterday as if the plays are there to be made if you know how to make those plays. 
the team actually had effort last night. And the bad thing about it, the New York Jets looked impressive. They actually looked good. Rashad Perriman would actually go for over a hundred yards. That's I think I, I don't know I don't know if there's been a hundred yard receiver for the Jets since 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 oh my God what's his name that's now playing in Carolina. But since they had that kid, actually let's go pull him up. What's what's his name real quick? So I'm pretty sure he bowled for them as well last night. Right, Robbie Anderson, nine catches last night, sixty three yards. Wasn't their number one receiver, but. That's the last time the New York Jets had a 100-yard receiver is when they had... I just forgot his name again. <laughs> Robbie Anderson on the team. So far, it hasn't happened. You finally get Joe Flacco in his second game where he started to feel comfortable, and there goes your first 100-yard receiver. You see them actually taking the top off of the... off of the... off of the... off of the... offense. And the thing about it is that... The Jets probably could have won this game. The Jets probably could have could have won this game if it wasn't for an interception in the in the first drive of the fourth quarter, where, like I said, the Jets were in control. the the Jets The Jets were in full blown control at that point in time. They were up twenty to seven, and. The Jets did Jetsinian things. And next thing you know, you see Joe Flacco trying to force a ball into double coverage. That big was Adam Gase right there. Because remember, at this point in time, Adam Gase isn't calling the plays anymore for the offense. He's relieved offensive play calling duty. So guess what? This isn't even Adam Gase's offense anymore. Like, so, the best the Jets have looked, right? Let, let's get this all right. The best the Jets have looked all year happen to be when their backup quarterback is in and when their offensive guru is not calling the plays. How much more confused can you be as a franchise on how to go for the future? Because because now what do you do with the number one pick? Because with Joe Flacco looking as well as he did, right? And granted, Joe Flacco is supposed to be a, is supposed to be a is supposed to be a veteran quarterback. He's supposed to know his stuff, be, be able to read all, the read the defense, be able to make adjustments, and all this other stuff, right? He's a he's a Super Bowl winning MVP quarterback. Um, actually, I don't know about the MVP part, to be honest with you. <laughs> but that's what Joe Flacco is. Flacco, Flacco, Flacco. That's what he is. And. It's being expected at times because nobody, nobody said that Joe Flacco was washed up. He just quit playing football. But in but in the second game where he finally feels comfortable after the next surgery that he had, he gets his second week in, into the offense. It's the second week to feeling comfortable. It's the second week under under the new offensive coordinator or the offensive coordinator that's actually calling the plays for the Jets. And the New York Jets and Joe Flacco managed to put up, what is it, over 250 yards? Of total of, of offense in the sky and three touchdowns. Let's put up the exact numbers here. They end up having 262 yards, three touchdowns, and obviously the one interception that I told you about. Cam Newton actually looked impressive too. 274 yards, no touchdowns through the air, but he did run for one touchdown, and that's the touchdown that they got in the first quarter. Um, Cam Newton would end up running for that quick touchdown. Cam Newton would finish his game with two touchdowns, which continues to make Cam Newton a big fantasy football thing. I think I dropped him after COVID. Did I, did I drop him? I got, I got, I don't know who I have right now. I'll have to check my fantasy. I'll have to check my fantasy, which is a good thing too, because I got my boy Mark. He's going to be, he's going to start coming up with a nice little fantasy section for us on Wednesday. Don't you forget to come to the Wednesday night show. You know, that's a three hour show. And not only is it a three hour did I not pull my team and bring it back up? Oh, man, that's perfect. Because that means we're going to end up taking a break pretty soon. <laughs> Actually, we're going to take a break in the middle of the podcast. And, it, and it, obviously, when we come back, we'll continue talking about everything that's else. But it's not break time yet. I'm just getting you guys prepared. Because I spent way too much talking about this about talking about this Jets game. About this Jets game that came down to the actual last play of the game. 
Like I said, the New York Jets could have honestly won this game if it wasn't for that one interception. And honestly, and, and, I, and I have full confidence saying that. If it wasn't for that one interception in the fourth quarter of this game, the New York Jets was controlling. Because at worst, at worst, at worst, if you don't throw that interception, you probably, the way, the way that the New York Jets had started coming, to, um, had started coming together, because you're talking about first drive is 12 plays and, and, and they kick a field goal. Then they get seven plays and they kick a punt. But then they get five plays for a touchdown. They get five plays for a field goal. They get two plays for a touchdown. And then we start the third quarter. 11 plays for a touchdown. So this is the New York Jets actually looking good. And then they start the fourth quarter after, you know, after they start getting momentum. And there goes your interception. And there goes literally the ball game. Right after that, the New England Patriots will march right back down. 11 plays later, they're tying this game 27-27. Now, we're talking about barely any time left in the game at this point in time, just about like three minutes or so, right? The New York Jets has the ball back, and they go three and out. So the New England defense bends, but they did not break on, on this last possession. All that momentum that the New York Jets had flew out of the window with that interception. Their next possession, they have a three and out. Because you know why? Because they deflated from that interception and the score the New England Patriots just have. Now you give the New England Patriots the game back with just about, with, with just a, a little under a minute left. About a minute and 10 seconds, to be honest with you. Right? And with a minute and, with, with about a minute and 10 seconds, or maybe like 47 seconds. Right? It was something ridiculous like that. Um, the New England Patriots start working their way down the field. The New England Patriots only has one touchdown. So you see them working down the field. Cam Newton throw, um, throws a couple of strikes, gets down the middle of the, middle, middle of the field, and instead of and instead of and instead of taking a timeout, which every which even the commentators were calling for, hey, you have a timeout. Hey, you have a timeout. Hey, you have a timeout. No, the New England Patriots were saving that timeout. They go ahead and they, they they come to the line. They come to the line of scrimmage. They spike the ball. They 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 snap that ball back. They throw another dart down the middle of the field. He kept down. Um, the player catches the field. Now they're on the 35-yard line, if I'm not mistaken. For the 35 for the 35-yard line, they call a touchdown. I mean, they call a timeout. With just about three seconds left now. With three seconds left, the fifth of the field goal kick comes out on the comes out on the comes out on the field, and there goes your ball game with no time left 30 to 27 the new york jets do jet city in things and they manage to stay winless for the remainder of the season the new england Patriots um improved the three and five and cam newton was just way too happy for my liking for a team that beat an undefeated team but i get it you have been one in a month your goddamn self just getting any kind of victory over anybody makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside now, if you want to talk about feeling warm and fuzzy inside, right? We have a big fight coming up this weekend. We have a really, really big fight, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop talking about it. Like, do you understand, guys? That I'm gonna end up talking about this fight all week long because I want you guys to catch this fight. I want you guys to catch this fight. So I'm not. What I'm gonna do? We're gonna talk about the. We're gonna talk about this fight at the beginning of the app, or right after the break. But right now. We want to talk about some Chicago Bears and the Tennessee Titans. As the Tennessee Titans go ahead and they improve to six and two as they get the victory over the Chicago Bears. And to be honest with you, this is the, it's games like this why people don't believe in the Chicago Bears. It's games like this why even while the Chicago Bears were five and two, five and three, and now they're and now they're five and four. Five and four sounds a little bit more like the Chicago Bears. Like, granted, they have a good defense, and the Tennessee Titans were coming off a was coming off a, a, a very embarrassing loss, a, a a shocking loss at that. So you expected them to, you expected the Tennessee Titans to come back into this game and be focused. You expected them to, you expected to see a, a big dose of Derrick Henry. We didn't see the same dose of Derrick Henry that we used to see, which I'm talking about when he normally gets that bludgeon award for getting like 25, 30 touches a game. This time he only had 21 touches, 61 yards, 68 yards. They basically held that man down to just about like three yards per, per touch. Chicago Bears does have a good defense, but the Tennessee Titans, even though they only gave it to Derrick Henry 21 times, they would still run this ball over 30 times for this game. They would get just about, they would get really close to about, about 100 yards total through the air. I throw it through the ground. Man, the tiny one only had 158 yards and two touchdowns. But it's the, it's the points that matter when they matter. And it's the interceptions, it's the fumbles, and it's Nick Foles being forced to throw 52 times in a game. Like and, and that's where you lose the game, to be honest with you. I, I don't I, I don't care about the numbers. I don't I don't I don't care about how they look. 
I don't care about I don't care uh, uh, um, about anything else. To be honest with you, I don't care. I don't care about Anthony Miller's fumble. I don't care about David Montgomery's fumble. When you have Nick Foles, having Nick Foles isn't the guy that you want throwing the ball fifty-two times in a game. Like you understand, if this is Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Like, even Lamar Jackson, if he had to throw the, game, the ball 52 times in a game, I'm like, this isn't sustainable. There aren't too many quarterbacks that you can say, hey, throwing this ball 50 times in a game is something that is something that you look forward to or something that may possibly get you a W. Aaron Rodgers, yes. Big Ben, yes. Holy shit, Big Ben. Big Ben. I'm glad that happened. Big Ben. news people we are breaking news about big ben roethlisberger big ben roethlisberger has been placed on the covid reserve the covid 19 reserve list folks him and a bunch of other players from the pittsburgh steelers as we continue to see covid run rampant due to nfl and the nfl say if they die they die <laughs> yo <laughs> i'm not wishing it on anybody but sometimes I root for the chaos because sometimes people do reckless shit and not, and not realize the worst case scenario. Can I show how I like to function sometimes, right? Think, like when you do anything, think of the worst case scenario. And if, uh, what, that you can think of in your head. And if you could, and if you can come to grips with the worst case scenario, then go ahead and pull that trigger, B. Go ahead and pull that trigger. Now, sometimes what you may think is the worst case scenario may not be the worst case scenario. Which you may not realize that until after you do it. But if, 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 the, if, if you can live with the worst case scenario that's in your head, go ahead and pull them triggers, B. Shoot at the club. You know what I mean. Bang, bang. <laughs> Congrats again to my boy, Lou. For real, for, 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 well, for about to have a brand new baby boy. For the Chicago Bears, again, loose, loose in a minute, loose to the Tennessee Titans, 17 to 24. Nick Foles would end up, like I said, had, end up passing the ball like 52 times. You know, have like 355 yards, but he wasn't the he wasn't the guy to talk about. Um, it's actually AJ Brown. AJ Brown catching four receptions for 101 yards as he and he comes out there and he gets a touchdown to help his team win. And believe it or not, the Tennessee Titans needed every single bit of this offense. Now, Tennessee Titans didn't look too well this year of uh, this game. They didn't look they didn't look very well last game either. They haven't looked good in about three weeks, to be honest with you. So. We're going to start keeping an eye on the Tennessee Titans because as well as they did last year, and we understand what their, we understand what their, what their game plan is, and they're going to run the ball. And, and Ryan Tannehill is going to remain to look sometimes good, sometimes great, but, but always, always decent, 50-50 even, right? Even kill. We're going to see if... I'm going to start paying attention because it looked like they started to struggle a little bit. So what I want to start seeing is that Tennessee Titans start to slow down by the, at the end of this year. Like, that's what I want to see. Because based off how they played the last couple of weeks, and granted, they played some really good teams. Like, I, well, some good defenses. Like, like, let's put it that way. They, they, played some, they played some good teams. They played some good defensive. They played some teams that can obviously shock you. And then, like I said, there was the Cincinnati loss. And the Cincinnati loss is the one that makes you think, like, damn. Like, you shouldn't be losing these kind of games. And then you come out and you don't look that impressive against, against the Chicago Bears. And then, like I said, and obviously you just lost. You also lost right before that against the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. So it is a fair question to ask. Are the Tennessee Titans starting to lose a little bit of steam? Are the Tennessee Titans going to make it to the playoffs? Are the Tennessee Titans going to be able to continue this to continue the momentum that they had from last year to make another deep playoff run? Now, the only question I probably can say yes to out of all of that 
is it them making the playoffs. And that's only because we've added an extra team. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back from the Mighty Sports Podcast, we're going to talk about the fight coming up this weekend. We're going to talk about what happened in Kansas City. We may see if we can talk about the Mellow, Mets, and Brooklyn all within the next half an hour. So we got a whole lot to talk about in the next half of this podcast. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back. Down with Omar Taylor, Mighty Sports Podcast, a.k.a. the Motor Mouth of the South. Yeah. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They join because there is important work to be done, and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world. And they can respond, I became a soldier. They didn't join this team to win championships become famous. They join because there is important work to be done, and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash. And the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world. And they can respond, I became a soldier. We are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am still your host, the one and only Dallas Omar Taylor. I want to thank you all for listening to the podcast, regardless of how you decide to listen. Whether you're catching me live on the gram, you're catching me live on my website, mytsports.net. That's MS and Mike. Why is in the Yankee? T is in Tango. Sports.net. Or you're catching me live on Pod Bean Live. I do appreciate anybody that always takes the team out, take the time out to catch the live and interact with the live shows at that. Oh, I see you, Emmanuel. I see you, Mr. Alvarella. Alvarello? Alright, I see you, I see you, Mr. Mr. A. What's it called, Mr. A? A V. No, I'm sorry, Mr. A. We're gonna stick with A. <laughs> like we see you all. I see your questions. We'll get to you guys in just a second. Don't you worry. And and, and I see and I see you guys um starting to answer some of the questions that I that I that I asked earlier about the Tennessee Titans and if they will be able to keep up with this pace. And I see them and I and I see the <laughs> I see the comments starting to fly and we'll see if we can get to a couple of these comments in just a minute, right? A couple of these comments and a couple of these questions. But again, I do appreciate how, how any of you may be listening. And if you can't catch the live show, then I do appreciate you taking the time out to catch me, um, catch the rear. So whether you're listening to the rear on my website, because you can't catch it there, or you're catching the rear here, here on Podbean, I appreciate that too. But you can also catch it on TuneIn, iTunes, iHeart, ListenNote, CastBox, Google Podcast, Tumblr, um, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of it. You can catch the podcast any one of those places. The easiest way, though, the easiest way probably... is to just tell your smart speaker if you have one excuse me it's the play latest episode of the as the m is in mike y is in yankee t is in tech you have to say it like that because you can't say my team so you have to say play the m y t sports podcast and it will play the latest episode of the mighty sports podcast with if you don't if it hasn't played the latest episode of the mighty sports podcast because you've been listening you're trying to catch up you can always just tell it hey play the latest episode of the mighty sports pod m y t sports podcast and it'll go ahead and take care of that for you is that it's really that easy? What's up, Poe? Welcome to the podcast. I see you watching me, watching you, watching me, watching you, watching me, watching you. So as we are back, and I tend to tell you guys, I so tomorrow, not tomorrow, but this weekend, this weekend, it is going to be on November 14th, I believe. 
Yeah, because today, because Friday the thirteenth is the week. So on November fourteenth, we have a big fight coming up this weekend. We have the boy Terence Crawford defending his belt and his undefeated record that is against the one and only. Who the fuck is he fighting? <laughs> Who the fuck is Terence Williams fighting? Let's go ahead and... Terrence Crawford. What am I saying? I'm calling him Terrence Will... Um, it's, it's Crawford. I am tripping. I am tripping. You guys, it's Terrence Crawford. I'm calling him Terrence Williams for no, for no reason whatsoever. That's the reason why... That's the reason why I'm all discombobulated. So 36 fights, completely undefeated, age 33, 5'8", Lightweight champion, light light welterweight champion, and the welterweight champion, a champion in three different divisions, and he is going to be taken on. Looks like some guy named Brooke. <laughs> right? And I don't got. What's, I don't. I don't got Brooks. Let's see. So Brooks is going to be an underdog. He has a record of 39 and two, 27 knockouts, and he said he's going to stop Crawford. He's going to make him quit. He's, um, Brooks is a former IBF welterweight champion, and that's going to be the fight coming up this weekend, and I'm going to tell you right now, I, I don't care about Brooke, because Brooke is just going to be another statistic <laughs> that's going to be notched on this dude's headboard, right? That's what it is. Like, Brooke is just going to be another notch on the headboard for Terrence Crawford, right? Terrence Crawford, I'm, let's put it this way and make it real simple. Terrence Crawford is one of those beautiful fighters that you're going to want to watch. Terence Crawford is one of those guys that you do not want to miss his fights. Terence Crawford is in the leagues of, of when I tell you, Teofimo Lopez, right? Govani Davis, Vasali Lomachenko. Like, you name them, he is in the realm of people that you want to see fight. He is one of these young, un- He's one of these young, un, um, undefeated fighters, and when he fights, it is a complete thing of beauty. And if you never watched him fight, go ahead and take the opportunity to watch him fight. Listen, I am 100% all for what ESPN is and has tried to do with boxing over the last couple of years, where... They have found a way to put on great boxing matches. Great bo Basically, they started their own boxing enterprise. Let, let's just, just make it real simple. ESPN started their own boxing organization, started their own boxing enterprise. And because there's a ton of even ESPN individuals that thought that, you know what? That boxing wasn't getting enough of a, was getting enough of a hype and enough of a push because of how the promoters has literally leached the business. ESPN decided to take matters into their own hands, create their own boxing organization, and sign a bunch of these boxers that were really good boxers that you didn't really know about, and probably for like the last four or five years have been giving us really great boxing matches. They're one of the first ones to, to introduce us to Vasali Nomachenko on a, on, on a mainstream stage. They've given us Crawford a bunch of times on a mainstream stage. Um, they just did it recently with Gravante Davis as well. What was that showtime with Gravante Davis? I want to say it was them. They gave us Teofimo Lopez versus Vasali Lomachenko. Like, they have found a way to constantly give us some of the biggest names in boxing where I feel like we would have been struggling. Or we would have, they, they, or they would have forced to try to, uh, or they would have forced the payday of, of trying to get this on a pay-per-view for $59.99 and nobody would have watched. And that's where, and that's why I like how ESPN came into that because guys like Crawford, while he's great, you don't get, he's not a name that draws. He's not one of he's not one of these um, Canelo Alvarez, which oh my goodness, I haven't mentioned this either. So we got more breaking news for you today. So I just told you earlier today that uh, that the that quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben Roethlisberger, has been placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. Well, guess what also has happened? Canelo Alvarez is no longer with Golden Boy Production fights. 
Do you know who Golden Boy Production Fights is? Golden Boy Production Fights is basically the boxing organization that is ran by Oscar De La Hoya. He is no longer a Golden Boy Production Fighter. Which means now he is basically a free agent. And I told you that the that the end that the ESPN has been looking has been going out there and they've been and they've been scooping up all of these young fighters. Like, listen, we get that you can do pay-per-view fights. You're not and I get you're gonna get some of these pay-per-view money, but guess what? How about we get you on some mainstream fights? Granted, we ain't gonna get you're not gonna be able to get maybe 15 mil from a pay-per-view fight once a year, but how about we can get you on for three times a year and get you eight mil? And you know what they took? They took three times a year for eight mil. <laughs> but they're realizing that that three times a year for eight mil is doing way much more for their exposure than that one time big payday was ever going to. Go watch this Terrence Crawford fight. Go watch this Terrence Crawford fight if you have the time this weekend. It will be worth the it will be worth the watch. Now, is it worth fifty nine ninety nine? That I don't know. But but if you could watch it for free on ESPN. That was definitely worth the watch. Go ahead and give that man his ratings. Go ahead and give him his money. But and, and by the time this fight is done, we're going to talk about this dude being 37 and 0. And he already has put together what is considered a Hall of Fame career already at the tender age of 33. God damn. When I was 33, I didn't think I was at a tender age. Why did the, why did the phrase tender age just leave this run off of my lips like that? Like tender age of 33. What the fuck is so tender about the age of 33? Like I don't know. This is just this is this is just sports talk and sport and, and sports lingo that you just kind of throw out there when you're talking into the Ethernet, right? <laughs> so, so so as we continue with, with with things in the Ethernet, right? We also had Houston taking on Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And here goes and here was another game that. You know what? You 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 watch it because you really want to see if the young quarterback, Deshaun Watson, can really get off of whatever whatever this is is going on with Houston right now. Now, granted, both of these teams came into this game with only one victory. Yes, this is the bottom of the bottom. Like, this is the burnt rice at the bottom of your pot right now. Like, this is what this is, Houston versus Jacksonville. This is the burnt rice at the bottom of your pot. And the fact that this is a game that came down that came down to the last possession, it was also a 27-25 game, you know what I mean? That, that honestly, that could have went into overtime if the extra point... If the extra point had been had been extra, the two point conversion, what I'm trying to say, um, had been successful for the Jacksonville Jaguars, this game could have easily been into overtime. But this is just to show you, right, that even bad teams could have good games. But that's only when two bad teams are playing against each other. Like we just talked about it earlier, like the New York Jets playing the New England Patriots. Those are two bad teams. And for those two bad teams where everybody else is blowing these teams out, it took the, 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 this, this game went down to a last-minute field goal. Not last-minute field goal, a last-second field goal. And the Houston Texans versus Jacksonville Jaguars wasn't no different. This is a game that literally came down to a last minute, came to a last minute touchdown, that came down to a missed two point conversion. For the, and that's the only reason why this game is that why this game did not go into overtime. And thank God this game didn't go into overtime because who really wants to watch a one and six versus a one and, uh, versus two one wants to watch two one and six teams? Deshaun Watson didn't manage to go over two hundred and fifty yards though, so we will get, so we will get an honorable mention today. I could I, I feel like I lowered the bar. I feel like I, I feel like I only used to mention people when they had over 300 yards passing. I think I lowered the bar. I think I lowered the bar this year because you know what? Maybe is this the new COVID bar? That's what this is. This is the this is the new COVID-19 bar. But people that put up only own that people that put up only 250 yards may get an honorable mention. But he had 281 yards, two touchdowns, and Deshaun Watson ended up leading his team in pass um in 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 rushing yards as well. 10 carries, 50 yards. We had Will Fuller go over 100 yards. Five receptions on five targets and a touchdown. You can see that he had problems finding Brandon Cook as they only completed a third of the passes that they made to Cook, three out of nine targets. For everybody else, he was pretty much on point. Like, <laughs> to be honest with you, like, he missed, the, I'm talking about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson missed 13 passes. Six of them was, was um, six of them were to Brandon Cook. That's basically half of your missed targets. I'm not quite sure why they kept on trying to force that ball into Brandon Cook as much. 
but it just didn't work. Now you see the Jacksonville Giants with their quarterback, Jay Lockley, passing the ball for three, um, 38 times, going over 304 yards, and it just wasn't their stuff. They managed to find DJ Clark seven times, go over, go over 146 yards. James Robinson had 99 yards on 25 touches. And the Jacksonville driver, like I said, still managed to find a way to lose this game. This game would end up coming down to um, to a last possession. They would end up missing on the two-point conversion. And that's the reason why they end up coming, coming over the victory. But like I said, bad teams do bad things. And thank God if you're, if you're the New York Jets that you did not win a game because you would be right now in the same boat with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and, and no doubt that the New York Jets would probably find a way to not get that number one pick if they would have beat New England. It just would have happened. It's just what happens to bad New York teams. Because like, when you're bad, you are historically bad. And when you're historically bad, then you have historically bad luck as well. And when you have bad luck, then that means that you don't get the number one pick to get that cat that is coming out of college that is about to bring you back. Nope, you end up getting the number two pick and you end up getting the black cat that ends up bringing your team another seven years of bad luck. But you know who doesn't have bad luck? That is Patrick Mahomes. As Patrick Mahomes keeps finding ways that all they do is win, 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 no matter what. It, they don't give a fuck if your team has a player named Bruce or Chuck. Or in this case, Steady, Steady Teddy, which I was impressed. Like, talking about, okay, Carolina Panthers are currently now 3-6. and six. Nobody had them had them winning this game. They were completely dead to rights. The odd makers, everybody else thought the, 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 the Carolina Panthers were going to lose this game. And they were right. The Carolina Panthers did lose this game. But they made a game out of it. And, and that may be the most impressive thing as it was that you saw Teddy Bridgewater come out of this game and say, you know what? We will not go quietly into the night. And at one point in time, they were leading this game 33. Wait, wait, where is it? Not 33. They were leading this game. Where is it? Where is it? I can swear they were up for like. There we go. They were leading this game 14 to 3 at one point in time. Now, granted, this is early in the first quarter. <laughs> but they were leading this game 14 to 3. But it wasn't even the fact that it was leading the game 14 to 3. It's how they looked. And they looked impressive. Teddy Bridgewater was actually making pass. Teddy Bridgewater wore over 300 yards, two touchdowns. You would see Teddy Bridgewater make plays with his feet. He would make plays with um, uh, he'll make plays with his hands. Teddy Bridgewater literally got spin around in the air, going for a first down. You would see him running in for a touchdown. You would see him carry the ball on. At least what two occasions? I guess it was only two times. <laughs> it seemed like he carried the ball more times than that, and that's because the two times that he that he carried the ball. So you know what? I guess I did see it perfectly. The two times that he carried the ball, and I thought I maybe missed a few. One time was to get a touchdown, and the other time was to go get a, was to go get a first down, where he basically where he basically jumps and gets banged in the air. You can tell. The Carolina Panthers wanted this game, and they came out from the very first possession scoring a touchdown. They were scoring their second possession as well, um, and that's how they'll end up going up 14-3. But at some point in time, they started kicking punts and kicking field goals, and we already know what happens. You cannot, you cannot settle for field goals or even miss field goals or settle for punts when you're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that happened in three straight possessions. That happened in four straight possessions, honestly. They had a punt a field goal, a missed field goal, and another punt. And by the time that happened, they were already down 20 to 17. They punted that, by the time they completed that last punt, all right, after that, the Kansas City Chiefs would go up 26 to 17, but you know what, Carolina Panthers would come back and they would, and they would try to make this again. They would score another touchdown, Kansas City will come right back down the field on seven plays later and get themselves up 33 to 24. Carolina Panthers will try to make a will try to make a game out of it. They will score another touchdown, and they actually had an opportunity to win the game. That was the crazy thing about it. As I said, like when it, if you're the Carolina Panthers, you can't settle for punts when you play the Kansas City Chiefs. We all know this. You can't settle for field goals when you're playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Basically, you shouldn't be kicking that ball to the Kansas. You should not be kicking that ball when you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs unless you're kicking it off to them.
Sorry, I got distracted by the ravishing Russian Lana coming out to the ring. <laughs> it looks like she is scared for her life and she keeps getting whooped by her by her teammates from Survivor Series. Yes. She is part of she is part of the Survivor Series team. And the Survivor Series team keeps fucking her up. And they have put her through at least what five? What now six? What seven tables <laughs> and the last month or so. Yes, folks, if you're wondering what kind of what kind of sports I have on in the background, I got some wrestling on in the background. As it looks like that the Ravishing Lana is going to be taking on one half of the tag team champ, Shayna Baszler. And I love you some Shayna Baszler. Like I tell you, I love you some Shayna Baszler so much that I can't wait to Shayna Baszler and Randy Orton have, their, have a mixed tag team or part of the mixed tag team tournament. Those are two people that need to be together. Hold on, now I take a sip of my SMT. I was feeling like shit earlier today. I ain't gonna lie, I was feeling like complete shit earlier today. This is like my third cup of ginger tea. So you know if I'm drinking ginger tea, like I was, I was really feeling like shit. I was, I was really, really, really feeling like shit. But I was, but I couldn't have feeling, I couldn't have been feeling shittier than the Carolina Panthers did. Like I said, there's no way that you should be kicking the ball over to Kansas City unless you're kicking it after scoring a touchdown. So you shouldn't be kicking punts. You shouldn't be kicking field goals. Definitely, what you can't be doing, you can't be missing field goals. The Carolina Panthers missed two field goals in this game. They missed two field goals in this game. Now, granted, something else you want to know? The Kansas City Chiefs only punted the ball once. They only punted the ball once. And it was probably the best time to get a punt if you're the Carolina Panthers. This is the only time that you honestly stopped them, except for the time that you forced them to fumble the ball in, what was it, in the, second, the, in the first half. And this is the only other. This is why I say that when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, you can't settle for punts, field field goals, and definitely not miss field goals. They will miss two field goals. The only time the Carolina Panthers stopped them was when it came to the when it, when it came to the, the basically the the Kansas City Chiefs' last possession of the game. They got themselves a three and out. Total time off the clock only like twenty seven seconds. They got themselves a three and out. And with just about a minute and 26 left in the game, the Carolina Panthers get the ball back. And they would march themselves down the field in eight plays and get themselves in the field goal position. And they, like, we're talking about big plays to, to Samuel. Like, <laughs> we're, we're saying everything. And, and it would happen that, and I, and, I, and I shouldn't say field goal range, but they got down the field to kick a field goal. And their cricket will miss a 67-yard field goal. It will go wide right. So it had the distance. It had the distance. He just didn't have the accuracy for it. It will go wide right. And the Carolina Panthers will lose this game by two points. Two points. They missed two field goals, and they lost this game by two points. One of the field goals they missed was in the last play of the game. Two points. That's how slim the error, or that's how slim the error of margin is, or margin of error is, I should say. When it comes to beating the Kansas City Chiefs, you cannot do this. Kansas City Chiefs would improve to eight and one. Carolina Panthers would fall to three and six. It's safe to say that the Carolina Panthers are one hundred percent. That they are 100. That they are 100 out of the playoff run, as we just saw the New the New Orleans Saints beat the brakes off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll talk about we're gonna talk about that tomorrow night with the fellas of the world. New Orleans Saints. They still have Tampa Bay. And Carolina Panthers. I don't, I'm not quite sure what they're gonna do at the end of the season. To be honest with you. Because as much as we love Teddy Bridgewater, we're seeing what's going on here. And I don't watch enough Carolina Panthers games to, 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 to see if it's, they need to add defense, to see if they need to add a little bit more offense, or to see what it is. You know, special teams maybe. I, have a, I feel like their offense is, is, is almost there. I feel like Teddy Bridgewater could, should and could be the, the franchise quarterback for this team. 
I feel like Christian McCarthy is obviously the center a centerpiece to have. We feel like Robbie Anderson is a great um, is a great wide receiver to have there. So I can't, I can't tell you what the Carolina Panthers are missing. It probably is that defense is the only time they got to stop the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs. Was when it came to the last play of the game, but you know, I can't blame them for that. Nobody can stop Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs has only been stopped one time over their last what 16 games. Me? I, I can't remember how they ended the last season. But what has it been? Like, one loss in the last 16 games? Like, come on now. Like, so, when it comes to Steady Teddy, I'm really curious on what they're going to do with him and what the Carolina Panthers are going to do for their future. Teddy Bridgewater could be a starting quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater could be a franchise quarterback in this league. He can be a guy to lead your team. Or maybe he can't. Like, I don't know. Teddy Bridgewater is one of those is one of those is one of those anomalies. And I don't know if it's really him or if it's always the fact that I'm just rooting for him. So I don't know if I have a blinder on how bad he is sometimes or how inconsistent or how uh, I I, I want to see Teddy Bridgewater succeed. Like like how Patrick Mahomes succeeded going for 374 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Travis Kelsey will have 159 yards through the air 10, on 10 receptions. Tyreek Hill will have another 113 through 9 receptions. For, they will be targeted a total of 30 times for 19 receptions to, to make up for a total of 272 yards of their total offense. 272 of their 372 yards that Patrick Mahomes passed for. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yes, they out there make it up for basically two-thirds of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. But I'm just about ready to switch gears, to be honest with you. I feel like we've talked about enough. Actually, we have talked about enough football, but we did miss one. Detroit Lions versus the, Car versus the Minnesota Vikings. And I couldn't leave here without talking about this game. And that is because within the last couple of weeks, we have been wondering if it's time for Matthew, if it's time for Matthew Stafford to leave the Detroit Lions and seek out a new team. We've been wondering if it's time for them to if it's, if it's time for them to let go of Matthew Stafford and, and stop holding him hostage. I feel like Matthew Stafford is being held hostage in the Detroit Lions. Right? And as we're talking about that we believe that it is that it is his time to possibly leave and, and seek refuge somewhere else. They run into the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings, that they're not world beaters. And that's mainly because of the fact that they have Kirk Cousins as, as, as their quarterback. Where as today started, I really started to wonder. Or as this week started, I started to wonder. What is Kirk Cousins' contract over? <laughs> like, like, we get Kirk Cousins played up to the point where he earned himself this contract, right? But I really want to know when is Kirk Cousins' contract over? Because they're not doing it with him. They're not doing it with him at all. And it, honestly, this is still going to seem like the Adrian Peterson days again, where you don't know who the quarterback is, but what you do know for sure that the running back on this team is getting busy. Busy, 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 busy. Total of 250 yards of total offense from this one guy alone. Do you realize Galvin Cook put up more offense than Kirk Cousins did? And Kirk Cousins touches the ball every single play. Galvin Cook had 22 touches with two for 206 yards of rushing. You would get two touchdowns in this in this game, but he would also have two receptions for 46 yards. 252 yards of total offense 
for Dalvin Cook alone. Versus Kirk Cousins, 220. But Kirk Cousins will have three touchdowns as well. They were on fire this game. They, like, not for nothing, they were on fire this game. As basically, you just heard me say, they put together a total of six. Six? Six? Sorry. Five total touchdowns. They basically score every single quarter. They will still they will double up in the first quarter. It'll be it'll be it'll, it would be a consistent bludgeoning effect that would happen, and they would get this victory over the Detroit Lions. And we wonder again: Is it time for Matthew Stafford to leave? And as we've been wondering about this for the last couple of weeks, Matthew Stafford actually happens to get benched in this game. Yes, folks, they benched Matthew Stafford in this game after Matthew Stafford threw his second interception. I believe he got he he got crunched by two guys. They took a look at him, and it looks like the and it looks like the and it looks like the referees pulled the. The referees um, pulled the power move, and they put Matthew Stafford in, in, into concussion protocol, which basically took him out, and they put, ended up putting in Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels would go 8 for 13, 94 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Blah. But it still leaves us with the question, and this is a question that we're going to be asking for, for, for until they release him, to be honest with you. One of the Detroit Lions going to stop holding Matthew Stafford hostage. When is he going to leave that situation? When is he going to break himself free? I believe it's time for Matthew Stafford to go from the Detroit Lions. I don't believe that there's anything there for him anymore. Just like how we're going to end this show, with there nothing being left there for the former Mets owner, was it Madoff or Wilpon, whatever it is, the Wilpons. They got scammed by the Madoffs. <laughs> <laughs> the Ponzi scheme. As of 12.30 today, the New York Mets new owner, I can't remember his first name, but I think it's Cohen or whatever. Is it Cohen? Something Cohen? <laughs> I want to say Sam Cohen, but I don't think that's his name. But the New York Mets um, new owner is um, had this interview today at 12.30. It's a Zoom. It's a Zoom meeting. But he is... Steve Cohen, there we go. Um, he's basically doing his um, he's doing his his inauguration interview. Obviously, he already did he already did a session where he started taking questions from fans on like Twitter, and it is actually if you're a Mets fan, it should actually be refreshing to see what's going on right now. You get a new owner that looks like he's ready to spend money. He's willing to spend money. You don't have to worry about money being an issue because the Mets are his only are his, are his only cash pool. So he has to manage all of the money that comes from the Mets, and he doesn't want to overspend. You see, already they've already they've, they're already firing the coach. Um, they already got 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 a new skipper in there. They're already talking about they're already talking about a, uh, um, having a Mets vet um, Mets like veteran day. They're already talking about having a Mets statue. And they already told about listen, all of the things that, that's, that, that, that you want your owner to do when it comes to winning, that they are going to do it. Or that at least Steve Cohen is talking about doing it. And honestly, honestly, I want Steve Cohen to buy the Knicks. I would love for Steve Cohen to find a way to buy the New York Knicks. Because if what he says that he is going to do is true with the New York Mets, and if he's true to his word with the New York Mets, then the only bad team left in the city, I shouldn't say the only bad team, is still going to be the Jets, they're still going to be the Nets, and they're still going to be the Knicks. Eh. And they're still the Giants right now, too. Okay, never mind. It won't be the only bad franchise in the city anymore. But for baseball... That means that all franchises will be locked up. We need them to go ahead and buy the Knicks so they can so they can so, so they can start getting better. Like the Knicks need, need need to go about their winning ways. And if he can buy the Jets too, like own all three of them. Go Jets, Knicks, and Mets. Like those have been the three suffering franchises in New York. Like go ahead and buy them. Buy buy all three of them and, and go ahead and turn it around. Just like how we're gonna turn around this show, and we're gonna see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. when we have our three-hour show. We're gonna have our we're gonna have our our, our two co-hosts, 
I'd like to show up. My, my two guest hosts, co-hosts, guest hosts, however you want to refer to them. I'd like to show up on Wednesday nights. I do appreciate them always making the time to come through on, on Wednesday nights. I got my boy Mark and my boy KJ, both of them coming through on the podcast. Tomorrow night, we're going to, tomorrow night, let's give you a little interview. We're going to talk about the W's that are being eaten in the NFL. We're going to talk about that Crawford fight again. We're going to talk about Brown's big debut. We got the, we got, we got, um, we got the NFL, NBA we got the NBA draft coming up next week. We're gonna talk about the M- we're gonna talk about the NBA period and their new and, and the agreement for this year. There's mellow rumors to talk about. Let's talk there's more there's Brook there's Brooklyn Nets rumors to talk about. We got all that to talk about. And we even have our picks to go into on tomorrow's show. We're gonna try to crunch all of that in a, into a into a three hour show. Wish us luck. The same way that I wish that you catch a wave that never subsides. This is Talent Mark Taylor with the Mighty Sports Podcast, and I am out of here. Yeah, I'll play my outro. Oh, and we're going to play Jeopardy tomorrow. I tried. Honest. All the bandwidth in the world couldn't keep me contained. No lag. No lag. Going to share my talents with Podbean Live. Always knew I'd take the pod there. Just a lot later than a lot of listeners thought. <coughs> last of the real gabbers. Well, maybe not the last. Munchkin got good mic skills. New, improved, my T podcaster. Potting down now. Last call for the drink. Bars closing. <coughs> Sun's out. Heard the casino got a buffet breakfast. Don't want to go far. Wild night. Tired, B. Tired. <coughs> My team. Sports. Smoke weed every day. Mm.